sir. Yes, sir. There they go. Jeff and Jordan. It's only an hour. Fantastic Texas football talk every day from 11 to noon right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. They've got all of the insider information that you could ever want with the transfer portal, with recruiting, with the active roster, with everything going on surrounding Longhorn football. You can find it from 11 to noon every day right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. And now it's time for the award-winning Midday with Trey and BK. How are you doing today, brother? I'm good. It's uh, potpourri for today's show because you and I have not talked about what we're going to discuss. And there's not a whole lot of obvious things to discuss today either. So if this show very quickly finds itself off the rails, that's not the worst thing in the world today. Yeah, normally one of us calls each other. Like around 11.30, 11.45, just to figure out what we're going to talk about today. And I spent the last hour before coming on the air uh, on hold with my bank mm. trying to get something squared away. So I just, I've got their hold music stuck in my head right now. And that's really all I can think about at the moment. So I've got three really good where are we at stories. If we need to turn to that segment a little bit earlier today, we can. And I'm, I'm just going to give you three headlines. Okay. I'm pretty sure all three will be enticing to you. First headline, exercise may not be the key to living longer. It might even be aging you faster. That's not what I needed to hear as I try to get in shape for the first time in my life. Did you go last night? I went yesterday. Yeah, baby. Way to keep it up. Don't Twice worry. In three That's days. a misleading headline. I read through that story. That headline is Fucking horseshit, and I'll tell you why eventually. Okay. Headline number two. Woman who assaulted Chipotle worker sentenced to fast food job for two months. I don't know if there's ever been a better punishment in the history of the legal system than forcing somebody who's going to be a complete asshole to a fast fast food worker of having to do that job and just see how brutal it is. I agree. That's a great punishment, whoever came up with that one. Way to go, Judy. Headline number three. I have frozen my penis, (laughs) says Swedish cross-country skier after racing in icy temperatures. Oh, I think I would rather have a frozen penis than... I have to watch Texas play Marquette in basketball again. Uh, yeah. That's, the good uh, news for anybody who was begrudgingly watching that game last night is you pretty much got to turn it off if you wanted to, I don't know, a fourth of the way through the second half and feel pretty confident that Texas was not going to come back in that game. Yeah, you kind of got a gift by Marquette's 13-0 run to close out the first half. Now, I don't think anybody turned the game off at halftime because you're always wondering, okay, you know, what can happen at a halftime? It was a one-point game before that run started. So you're thinking, all right, maybe Texas can uh, fight back and make this a game again. But, yeah, a couple of minutes into the second half, it was just clear that Marquette was the better team, and it was clear that that game was not going to get competitive at all. And uh, that sucked. That sucked. And, boy, I mean, that was a barometer for Texas. And one of those games to kind of see where this team is at, and they are nowhere close to Marquette. Marquette's really good, preseason top five team. They're number eight in the country going into last night. But, Trey, when you see a matchup between number eight and number 12 – You expect it to be a hell of a lot closer than what we saw last night. That was ugly. Yeah, it was it was not good. And it's a very clear Shaka wanted to put it on Texas to uh, maybe send a message. Hey, message received Shaka. We're still glad that you're not the head coach here. 
But Rodney Terry and his guys have a ways to go. Like, even if Dylan DeSue was in that game last night, I don't know how much of a difference it would have made. Like, Texas would have maybe lost by less. They still weren't going to win that basketball game based on how everybody else was playing. No. No, and look, Texas just isn't as good this year as it was last year. And there are a number of reasons why that makes sense. I mean, you've got a different coach who's really in his first year. I know Rodney Terry took over midway through last season and obviously was a part of the staff for the uh, year and a half Chris Beard was in Austin. But you've got a new head coach, and it's more roster turnover than anything else. Yeah. And Texas did a good job in the portal. Like Max Asmus looks like a really, really good player. Caden Chedrick didn't do anything last night, but he's had some really solid games as a Longhorn. Like this roster's good, but it's a bunch of new players who are trying to gel and vibe and build chemistry with one another. So you figured it would take a while for things to look good. But uh, yeah, look, if you're, and I hope I'm wrong. I hope we can go back three months from now and play this and call me an idiot. But if you're expecting Texas to make another Elite Eight type of run this year, if you were feeling that way before last night, maybe you've already changed your mind. If you still don't feel that I'm right, then you should probably change your mind because uh, it's just it's a transition year for Texas. They'll be good. They should make the tournament. Lord, I hope they'll make the tournament. This roster is way too talented to miss that, and I think Texas will be fine. But, yeah, look, it's uh, last year's team was was built to do what it did uh, with the coach, with the players, with the experience, with how many guys returned from 2021 or I guess 2022 to 2023, since the tournament was in 2023. Uh, this year's roster, just not not quite there yet. So it's weird. Like, I don't know exactly what to make of this team, though, Trey, because they've played two amazing national title contenders, and then they've played six awful teams. Yeah. And Louisville's one of them. And that game was way closer than it should have been. But, like, that's they haven't played too many, like, have decent teams to where you really know exactly where Texas sits. We know they're not a national title contender right now. And well, we know they don't suck. So that's about all we know at this point, eight games into the year. One thing that I'm starting to come to terms with BK with this basketball team is the Tyrese Hunter that we saw at Iowa state is not going to be the guy that we get here at Texas. And part of that probably is him needing to get the basketball a little bit more, but I, I understand why he's trying to be a good teammate at times. And while, uh, why Max Asmus is the guy with the ball a little bit more on the offensive end, because he's more consistent right now on that end. But uh, by the same token, I think that really ty- takes Tyrese Hunter away from what he is most comfortable as. And that is a point guard with the ball in his hands, creating opportunities for himself and with other people too. Uh, it's disappointing because he was obviously freshman of the year in the Big 12, his first year at Iowa State. I think he got, got all-conference honors that year, too. And uh, it seemed like he was going to be a huge piece of the puzzle for this Texas basketball team last season and then going into this season after he announced that he was coming back. Uh, but a lot remains to be seen in that regard. So even as we've seen guys like uh, Dylan Mitchell develop over a couple of years, and uh, some other dudes like that, Brock Cunningham, clearly a valuable contributor at this point in his 18th year on campus. The uh, the BK Strangler, as I like to call him. Uh, Shedrick doing some nice things here and there this year uh, early so far, although he was conspicuously absent last night. Uh, Tyrese Hunter has been a, a pretty huge disappointment up to this point. The BK Strangler. I know you've said that before, but I love it. Have you seen him kill anybody on BK? Well, no, that's why he's still walking around free is that he doesn't let people see him do that. And also that nickname fits a little bit better when he goes back to the mustachioed look. 
that he had for much of last season. He's still clean shaven right now. As soon as he goes mustache, I don't know if that's a, a conference play thing or what. When he goes to the mustache, then it's very evident that uh, he is probably doing some things on the side in this city <laughs> that uh, he hopes people don't find out about. Oh, Brock's such a good dude. The haircut, too, last night. That was uh, a holiday cleanup for him. Interesting yeah. look. Uh, yeah, back to your thoughts on Tyrese Hunter. Like, he just hasn't gotten better. Yeah. Like, his best statistical year was his freshman year at Iowa State. And, like, he was good at times last year, just not nearly as consistent as any of us would have wanted. And then you were hoping, okay, like, he comes back another year. It's his second year in the program. New head coach. But, like, obviously, Rodney Terry was – Hunter's coach for the majority of last season, uh, you would have thought there would have been a little bit more development. And thus far, it's early. It's only eight games in. But, uh, yeah, Tyrese Hunter just not not getting it done. You could argue he's having a worse year this year than he did last year. And, once again, Iowa State was his best year to this point statistically. Yeah, and he lost minutes last night. I mean, he uh, he was not playing with uh, Weaver looking pretty pretty good last night in terms of secondary guys after Ace Miss. I, I mean, he's costing himself minutes with how inconsistent he's been. And you just look at the basic field goal numbers, 0 for 6 from the field, 0 for 2 from three-point range. Uh, he had a couple of – or he had uh, four assists, it looks like, but he also had three turnovers too. So he's not doing a very good job of taking care of the basketball. And when he does have opportunities on the offensive end, he's not getting it into the bucket nearly enough to where Rodney Terry is starting to overlook him now, especially in situations where theoretically he should be in there to help this team either – secure wins or, or come back from a, a large deficit like what they faced for much of last night. Yeah, Hunter picked up two early fouls, uh, and he was just never engaged in that game. And Texas had two players who played well last night. Ace Smith was one of them. He had 25 points on 10 of 19 shooting. He's found a little bit of a rhythm offensively, which is good. And you brought up Kendall Weaver. Yeah, 26 minutes, had 10 points off the bench. Uh, good defense, some hustle plays as well. But outside of those two guys, you just you didn't get a lot. And Marquette's too good to only show up with two players in a hostile environment on the road with their coach clearly caring a hell of a lot about that game. Also, Marquette playing a little pissed off because they had lost their most recent game to a rival over the weekend. It was just a bad recipe for Texas basketball, and they didn't have it. They just didn't have it last night. So uh, we'll see. Frustrating. Texas comes home. They'll play Houston Christian on Saturday. That should be another very easy win for the Longhorns. Houston Christian is one and six. Uh, I asked Bucky this question this morning, Trey. Now I'm going to ask you, do you have any idea who Southwest Adventist is? Nope. Well, that's the team Houston Christian has beaten in basketball this year. Good God. That game happened last night. It was 95 to 58. So a nice blowout win for Houston Christian. But um, that's it. That's what they've done. Is this non-conference schedule other than a couple of teams? I mean, is it this cupcake because Rodney Terry realized that it would take this roster some time to gel? If it no, all so no. hold them confidence. I mean, how much of this schedule was created before they knew what they had roster-wise? Yeah, ske schedules are usually created uh, further out in advance than that. So S Some games are, but I feel like there are games that are – like, the, the non-conference schedule itself isn't announced until, like, a month or two into the summer. Maybe I'm incorrect about that. Mm, like, after the tournament, you're saying that's when these games get scheduled? Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's that. I should know that off the top of my head. But 
yeah, I mean, it's not a great, not a great slate in terms of quantity of games. You've played a couple of really, really quality teams, but you do have a lot of cupcakes this year. And there's no good home non-conference games for Texas. Like that kind of sucks as a fan. Then you get to see a bunch of really good teams come into the Moody Center once Big 12 play begins. But uh, yeah, I mean, your your home non-conference slate has been Incarnate Word. It's been Rice, Delaware State, Wyoming, Texas State, Houston Christian, AM Corpus, and UNC Greensboro with a little UT Arlington thrown on top. So that's, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's bad. It's bad. So no real more non-conference opportunities for Texas to bolster its resume. We said that before the game yesterday. Like, this is the last chance Texas has to pick up a really, really quality win out of conference because they just didn't schedule that many tough teams this year. So, um, yeah, frustrating. Texas will have to pick up those quadrant one wins in conference play. And once again, they'll have plenty of opportunities. This is the best in the deepest league in uh in the country as intern brock is calling me right now i feel like i should fire that kid for not knowing what time his boss is on the air way to go brock come on dude so there you go there's texas basketball houston christian this weekend lsu next weekend in houston lsu is not that good if texas loses that game then then i'll be pretty concerned to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah. All right. Um, we'll get to some Texas football, some transfer news to get into. And Trey, I want to ask you what positions you think the Longhorns need to address the most in the portal. Uh, but before we do that, speaking of the Bee Cave Strangler, I don't know if Brock Cunningham does any strangling at Covert Bee Cave. Hopefully not. Mm. Hopefully he's not doing any strangling anywhere, to be completely honest with you. But hey, Covert Bee Cave, if you're looking for a new car, truck, or SUV, go see our friends at Covert BK. I'm actually going to be out there a little bit later today, but they've got what you are looking for. Seven different brands, three state-of-the-art dealerships on 42 acres of that beautiful central Texas hill country. It's way there, down 71. Go see our friends. Great people as well. Dan Covert, Mike, Stacy, Jerome, the whole team. They're going to treat you like family. They've got the best selection of cars that you can find all throughout Central Texas. And they've got the great prices too. Their slogan, nobody beats a covert deal. Not now, not ever. That's not just lip service. They mean that. They are going to get you the best deal that you can find on a newer pre-owned car, truck, or SUV. They've got specials going on year round. Just check out their website, covertbcave.com. Get a look at what's going on right now. And then more importantly, go out to see them I promise you're not going to want to buy a car anywhere else. It's Covert Bee Cave. And also shout out to Altstad Beer as well. One sip of Altstad and you won't go back to the other beers that you have been drinking in the past. It's brewed in Fredericksburg, but available all over the great state of Texas. They've got so many different brews, something for every beer drinker out there. If you're looking for something to do this weekend, maybe a trip down to the Altstad Brewery in Fredericksburg. Should be beautiful on Saturday. Get down to Fredericksburg, check out the Altstadt Brewery, live music, great food, plenty of samples of beer, outdoor beer garden. There's so much going on. You got to check it out. Altstadtbeer.com for more information. It's Altstadt Beer. No impurities, no regrets. Trey, Texas has now had five players enter the transfer portal since the Big 12 championship game this past Saturday. Uh, to this point, the biggest name is still Jalen Catalan. Um, that experiment didn't work as well as any Texas fan wanted it to. 
Yeah, and weirdly, because guys have the option of going into the transfer portal but remaining a part of the program, the most disappointing part of that, BK, is that he's choosing to pass up an opportunity to potentially help this team win a national championship? Yeah, I mean, I think the writing was on the wall last weekend because Jalen Catalan, who was apparently healthy, according to Sark and according to people who cover the team, did not play a single snap against Oklahoma State. Yeah. So maybe his decision was made before then, uh, and maybe the coaches knew that, but it, it was clear. It wasn't just injury-related issues with Jalen Catalan here at Texas. Uh, he lost his spot in the rotation. Maybe he didn't see eye-to-eye with the coaches, whatever it was. Um, yeah, it, it didn't work out here. So if he's unhappy, then leave. Like, it's frustrating. Uh, I would love to have him because I know how good of a player he can be. And you're going up against the best passing offense in college football. You'd like to have as many secondary pieces as you can. Of course, Derek Williams is going to be suspended for the first half of the Sugar Bowl. So that would make it even more desirable to have Jalen Catalan back there. But uh, if he's not happy, you know, I I wish him the best. But I, I guess I don't blame him for trying to leave a situation that he's not comfortable with. Just sucks. Um I just I wonder about Blake Gideon, right? Like this this coaching staff clearly did a tremendous job. This team went twelve and one. They won the Big Twelve. They're in the playoff for the first time in school history. A lot of great things, and they deserve a lot of credit for that. But safety play this year has not been very good. And now you've got a guy who was supposed to be your best safety entering the portal because he couldn't get enough playing time. I don't know. I've yeah, I've heard some things about Blake and a sort of uh, rigidity that has players scared to make mistakes because once they make those mistakes they find their way into uh a doghouse it's hard to get out of Mm. so how does that work every safety made like 15 mistakes this year it felt like well when you're playing with the wrong sort of pressure it can be problematic and Started to see that turnaround a little bit over the last few weeks. Obviously, Keaton Crawford, who is much maligned this year, especially by me, had that first interception of the season against Oklahoma State. It was a really nice play by him. I mean, it was another thrown ball by Alan Bowman, but, I mean, sometimes that's the name of the game. You as a safety are in the right place at the right time. Just ask Michael Tapp with most of his interceptions this year. It's like he's coming over to a play, and the ball pops up into his arms. It's just like you... Take what's in front of you there. But, uh, yeah, the safety play has left a lot to be desired, which is disappointing. But it's also like if you're a safety and haven't gotten on the field with how inconsistent things have been, the writing's probably on the wall for you. And so for for Jalen Catalan, that's the case, a guy who is former all-SEC player at the position, and also a guy like B.J. Allen. He is a safety and has not seen the field at all this year except in mop-up duty. Yeah, you probably need to go find someplace else to play, BJ, because if you can't get on the field with this group in front of you, then that says something about uh, where you're going to be standing in the years to come. Yep, Jalen Catalan, BJ Allen, Sawyer Gorham-Welch, who did say he's going to stay through the college football playoff. I'm not sure about the other guys. Xavion uh, Bryce also has entered the portal. And then the name that dropped this morning, Casey Kane. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Uh, Casey Kane did not do much this year, just one catch as a receiver for this Texas team. Last year, he had eight catches, I think, for more than 200 yards. Yep. Uh, obviously, didn't play a ton, but got 20-plus targets last year. And you were thinking, okay, well, with the impending departures of Xavier Worthy and Adonai Mitchell and Jordan Whittington, maybe there's an opportunity for Casey Kane to be a decent-sized factor 
in the wide receiver room at Texas in 2024, but um, that's not the case. And I heard Jordan talking about it, and he's like, dude, Texas is just recruiting guys who are probably better than Casey Kane, and Texas is also going after some guys who might be better than Casey Kane in the portal. So maybe uh, Kane sensed that. He wanted to go somewhere where he was going to be guaranteed more playing time. It didn't feel like that was the case here in Austin. Good luck, Casey. I agree with your rationale that there's an opportunity there. And some of the guys that are coming in are going to be younger than you, obviously. So you have the advantage of knowing the playbook. But if it seems like your path to the field is uh, not just difficult, but impossible, then yeah, you, you've got to make a decision that's best for you. And we wish him nothing but the best. We're not going to... Uh, not going to be grudge guys. You don't want to be a part of the program anymore. It's uh, you, you. Sometimes you've got to uh, you've got to make a change to uh, maximize your own abilities, and that's what uh, some of these dudes are doing right now. I'll begrudge some of them. Who are no, you begrudging? Nobody this year yet, right. but there will be some guys that I begrudge if they yep. leave. All right. Yeah. 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 Uh, I kind of wish Casey Kane was staying, and maybe he is staying for the Sugar Bowl. Because he had 108 yards against Washington in the Alamo Bowl last year. Remember, that was like his breakout game where it's like, oh, maybe Texas has something with this guy. And people yeah. were expecting him to actually make an impact this year. Once again, just one catch. I think he had like five targets. And I think that catch came in the Tech game, by the way. Like, that's that's really when Casey Kane got the play. It was the game where Texas won by 50. Uh, I was thinking, hey, maybe this, this guy's got some juice and maybe he's the Washington killer. But uh, not the case. So... Yeah, and I'm not seeing whether he's going to remain a part of the team for the playoff run, which probably means that he's not. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is there. Maybe we'll find out more in the coming days on that deal. So uh, Texas loses a receiver to the portal. I mentioned the five guys that they've lost to this point. You kind of have a sense of who's leaving after this year, although we'll see. You might get another surprise portal edition. You might get... Uh, a guy you didn't expect to go pro, make the decision to go pro. But Trey, knowing what you know, or at least thinking uh, what you think about this Texas roster in 2024, if I asked you what are the most important positions that the Longhorn coaching staff needs to attack in the transfer portal in the offseason, what would you say? I mean, you can never have enough good offensive linemen, so that should be a part of the equation. Wide receiver, there's some really good wide receivers. Safety, obviously. I think that it may be important to uh, to boost that linebacker depth a little bit. And um, I think the running back room is okay. Quarterback room. Quarterback does kind of depend on what Quinn Ewers decides to do, but I think quarterback is probably all right as well. I don't know, maybe tight ends. That might be another position group that you're looking for a little bit of depth. I think folks and myself included feel pretty good about Gunnar Helm taking over tight end one duties next year. But what's what's after him? I know Juan Davis has uh, done a pretty good job of developing his body to be more ready for the rigors of playing tight end in Steve Sarkeesian's offense. And uh, they've got another dude whose name is escaping me who has uh, gotten some reps this year as well, especially in those jumbo packages. But those are the positions off the top of my head that probably make the most sense. I don't know. Do you go out and maybe try and find a nickel since today, Barron? is not going to be back next year, and uh, I'm not sure what depth looks like at that spot either. You're calling Barron to the NFL? Well, he announced that he is participating in the Reese's Senior Bowl a few weeks ago, so I believe yes. Did he? I missed that. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Let me double-check that right now, but I'm, I'm pretty positive, yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, I like that. I mean, I, pass catcher is definitely an area of need for Texas because uh, they're going to lose their top four pass catchers. Yeah, so. and uh, by the way, I am looking at this right now from the Reese's Senior Bowl official Twitter account. Today, Barron has accepted his invitation to the 2024 Reese's Senior Bowl. So Source. he joins, he joins um, Byron Murphy, and then I think Tavondre Sweat is also a part of that group too. Source? Source, Reese's Senior Bowl. Yeah, I don't know if I buy it. Oh, really? Yeah, I think that's fake news. Whoa, okay. All yeah, right. I need I need something a little more trustworthy than that for me that's to believe it. Flimsy limb you're going on right now, but I support it. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, pass catchers, I think, is uh, number one. Um, I mean, think about how good these receivers have been this year and how much they've meant to this team. You're losing your top four guys, your top three receivers, and your number one tight end. So, yeah, you've got to address that. And there are a lot of good receivers already in the portal, and I think there are a few more that will join. Uh, you know, I think Texas fans are excited about Jontae Cook. I think DeAndre Moore could have a little something-something to him. Uh, Ryan Wingo, assuming he puts pen to paper and signs with Texas, five-star, one of the best receivers, maybe the best receiver in the class coming in. So you've got some guys, but I think Sark would try to find another A.D. Mitchell. I don't know if that guy's out there, but try to find a guy who has actually had success at a high-major college football program. Uh, I think a Juice Wells at South Carolina. Maybe he's in that mix. He's been an all-SEC player. Over the last couple of years, people are saying Evan Stewart, if he enters the portal, although I don't think Texas would be his choice, but as oh. former five-star, uh, as a kid, Will Shepard out of Vanderbilt, who's pretty highly regarded. Like there are already a number of good receivers. Matthew Golden at Houston, a guy Texas saw earlier this year, uh, was a pretty highly touted recruit who had a Texas offer coming out of high school. So yeah, there's a, there are some names there, which is a good thing, but I think Texas goes and gets at least one if not two uh, wide receivers slash pass catchers this year. Safety, I mean, Andrew Makuba, that that feels like the guy, right? Former LBJ high school kid from the area. Uh, high four-star, maybe a five-star. I'll give him five-star because I don't want to get in trouble uh, with his family. But um, signed with Clemson. He's played at Clemson the last couple of years. Played really well at Clemson the last few years. And he's in the portal, and there's just a ton of smoke, so it feels like there's fire with the Makuba to Texas news. So that would be great. And then I'd go edge too. Yeah. Uh, I think Sorrell's coming back. Right, we know Ethan Burke's coming back. Colton Vosick will be here. Yep. Justice Finkley should be here. So you've got some bodies, but you can never have too many edge rushers. And um, I guess that's been the weakness of the Texas D line. Not that there's really been a weakness at all from that defensive line, but if you can get uh, some more pressure off the edge to maybe compensate for what you're losing with T-Sweat and Byron Murphy, that would be ideal. Yeah, I'm guessing edge rusher is less of a priority in some of those other positions because you're also getting Colin Simmons in from Duncanville too, yeah. who even though he's coming out of high school has a chance to uh, earn some reps this year. But yeah, to your point, you can never have enough of those guys. It's a lot like offensive line, like uh, have more competition in there if nothing else. And if dudes need to find a new home, after next season, so be it. By the way, I'm looking at the Reese's Senior Bowl invites right now. There are four Texas players who have accepted invites to the Reese's Senior Bowl. Mention the first three guys, Byron Murphy, Tavondre Sweat, Jade Barron. The other guy who has accepted that invite up to this point is Christian Jones. Okay. And he 
Yeah, I mean, I think he has to go after this year, right? Oh, he, yeah, he's done. This, yeah. this was his last year of eligibility. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Texas will get most of its offensive line back next year, which is great considering they got everybody back last year. So you're talking about m- the majority of that group being the same for three straight years and your first year in the SEC. But, yeah, they'll have to find a new right tackle for Christian Jones. All right, keep the comments coming. Appreciate the love, John. Thank you for uh, tuning in today. Thanks to all of you for tuning in today. Hit us up on the code of text line, 512-222-9328. If you want to chime in, uh, a shout out to our friends at greatblueheronfurniture.com. If you are looking for a new sofa, a new recliner, new bar stools, whatever, look no further than Great Blue Heron Furniture. The best looking, the most stylish, the most comfortable, and the best built furniture that you can find anywhere in the world. This is stuff that's going to last you and your family decades. It'll be the last sofa you ever have to buy, the last recliner you ever have to buy, whatever. Uh, Perfect holiday gift for your family, but really for yourself. You're going to be sitting on the couch. You're going to be sitting on that recliner. Get you something nice that you're going to enjoy looking at, that you are going to enjoy sitting in for a long, long time. GreatBlueHairAndFurniture.com. That's the website. The promo code is HOOKEM. You type that in at checkout and you'll get 15% off. No question about it. Hook them is the promo code at greatbluehairandfurniture.com. Okay, Trey. Um, Texas OU, did you see this earlier today? I did, yeah. Your thoughts on the announcement that the Red River shootout is going to remain at the Cotton Bowl through at least 2036. I know you want a couple of years where you go home and home with this series, but this series needs to be played at the Cotton Bowl in Dallas every year for the rest of its existence. Therefore, I am thrilled at the announcement that was made earlier today, last night, whatever it was, that uh, this game will stay at the State Fair through 2036. The renderings are interesting. I would suggest that if they think that things are going to be that docile outside of the main entrance for Texas OU and the renovations make that happen, we need to scrap the renovations altogether. But I think that is them trying to show a polite, a sort of politeness in front of that main gate that doesn't actually exist within an hour or two before the game itself. But yeah. They need to constantly find ways to make that stadium better. I think they've done a really good job over the last 10 to 15 years now of adding things from concessions to bathrooms to uh, expanding the upper deck all the way into the uh, Texas side of the uh, the end zone and beyond. So, yeah, they, they keep making sure that they are spending the money to make it easy for Texas and OU to sign up for another X number of years. Yeah, here's the picture that you were talking about with those renderings. Um, yeah, no, that's the smallest Texas OU crowd I've ever seen in my entire life. There's, yeah, there's no the way. Like seven, that's the like seven in the morning. Yeah, I think it's more crowded at seven in the morning than that. Yeah, you may be right about that. It's seven, seven in the morning for a 2.30 kickoff. Yeah, $140 million renovations coming to the Cotton Bowl. They talked about uh, giving more entrances to the Cotton Bowl, or at least making it easier for people to enter and exit? So look, I I get why they've probably heard people griping about how big of a pain in the ass it is to get into that stadium. But that's also a part of the experience, too, and it's not that difficult. Yeah, you may have to 
get going five to 10 minutes earlier than you would want to, but just get in five to 10 minutes earlier. Don't be the people who are waiting to the last minute to try and get into that stadium. And by the way, if you think that going into that main entrance is the best idea, I would tell you that there are entrances in each direction that while they look crowded, the line moves fairly quickly through those entrances too. I just feel bad for the people who don't have tickets, who just barge their way through security to get in every year. It's going to be a little tougher for them to do that now, you know? Who does that? A lot of people. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't even think I got my ticket scanned this year. Oh, wow. I, I just like, well, I had a ticket. It was perfectly fine. I just like walked through there. No one stopped me. And I'm like, oh, shit. I, I guess I'm just going in now. Like, I know I know plenty of people. I think our intern, Young Brock, did that this year. What I would suggest to them is uh, really putting a lot of effort into making the bathroom situation better. Yeah. And then, yeah, that, that's really it. That That's the biggest thing. Like, I have no problem walking the ramps to get to the second deck. Like, I actually like that because there's different routes that you can go up those ramps. You can cut over halfway through and get to the next ramp, or you can just take it the long ways, which, I mean, I think it's six of one, half uh, half dozen of, of the other. Yeah. But, yeah, they've got to get the bathroom situation taken care of because those are the lines that you, uh, you try to avoid at all costs. Here's what the press release says. Improvements to Cotton Bowl Stadium include widening concourses and adding escalators. Increasing fans for lazy America, not wanting to walk the ramps. Oh, those ramps are ridiculous, man. But they're awesome. But they are ridiculous. Uh, This will also include, uh, okay, hold on. Increasing fans' comfort level while entering and exiting the stadium. This will also include renovations to concessions and restrooms, plus increasing the number of hospitality areas and premium environments, which will enhance the speed of service for fans during events. Now get this. I didn't read this this morning to the buck. The first phase of renovations to the west side of the stadium is to complete uh, to be completed by September 2026. I cannot read today. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's not in the article. The city is also scheduled to finish a second phase of significant renovations to the east side of the stadium by September 2034. Whoa. So half the people... So east side is the uh, the the less traveled side. That's the side where you can actually go get a lot of the good fried food that we talk about leading up to the game. Okay. Well, west side is 2026, yeah. so it's a few years before that. But east side is 2034? What's yeah. the point of even announcing this shit? I don't want to... I don't want to incite a change by pointing this out, but hasn't... Doesn't it confuse you that Texas fans sit on the north side of the stadium and OU fans sit on the south side of the stadium? Shouldn't it be otherwise? Ooh. I mean, my- consider, you talk about wanting to do home and home yeah. for a couple of years. What if we flip the side that each fan base is sitting on to where it accurately represents where each school is located on the map? I've been saying that if the game's going to continue to be at the Cotton Bowl every year, you've got to flip sides every year. Because I think it's unfair that Oklahoma gets to sit by the tunnel. I don't know if that actually provides an advantage. I just think it's unfair that I don't get to talk shit to Oklahoma players when they're running out, and they get to talk shit to our players when they're running out. I think it's a fair point. So that's that's the annoying part for me. Like, I didn't even think about it from a geographical sense like you. Uh, that's smart, but I'm just like, dude, you, you got to give us that opportunity to throw stuff at the OE. Sorry, we don't do that. To to chant stuff 
at the uh, the incestuals when they're running in and out of their locker room, you know? Lazy America is a lady, lazy criticism. No, it's not, SD, you fuck. Lazy America is an accurate criticism because people are fucking lazy. I watch it everywhere I go where you have the option of stairs and you have the option of an escalator. And how many people are taking the escalator versus taking the two to three flights of stairs? It's pretty much fucking everybody. You know how I know? Because I'm one of the few people who actually takes the stairs. I am too. I got the airport at Bergstrom. You know, when you're leaving, I'm usually taking the stairs out of there. Now, there is one place where I am lazier than any other human in the world. Okay? It's It's also at the airport. It's the moving walkways. I stand on that shit. I don't use it as like a walking boost. I just stand on the right side, even if it's the slowest thing ever. I'm not moving on that deal because walking is a lot, and I've never had someone walk for me, and I get somebody who can walk for me when I'm on the moving walkways. That's the move. And people get so mad. I have have less of an issue with that than I do people's unwillingness to take stairs. Okay. Yeah, that's what I do. I sit on my ass talking all day. Did you know that I'm not sitting down right now? Did you know that? No, you wouldn't know that because you're running your mouth. I complain too much. That's right. And three texts before that, SD says, I'm happy they're keeping it at the Cotton Bowl. Jerry World is an abomination. You're fucking complaining about Jerry World, you hypocrite. Mm. You know I love you, SD. Thank you, as always, for your contributions. And you're right about that. Jerry World is an abomination. If I have to never have to watch another football game in that stadium... I'll be completely okay with that. What's wrong with Jerry World? Dude, that place, it would be an okay stadium if the screens weren't as big as they are. That's the problem with it. You can't help but to have your attention drawn to those damn screens. Nobody wants to pay attention to what's actually happening on the field. That's an ish you, not an ish me. It's nice having that if you want to look at it. You don't have to look at it. It's your fault. You blaming Jerry for you looking at the screen? It's unavoidable when you're at a certain level <laughs> in that stadium. You can't fucking help yourself. Dude, the worst thing. hypnotic. Yeah. The worst thing is when that screen is off. I went to a Jay-Z Beyonce concert there, and I purposely bought tickets in the upper deck. I'm like, oh, I'll save money. I'll watch the whole thing on the screen. They had the screen turned off. So at least they keep the screen on for the folks in the upper deck. But I don't know. Watch the game. Watch it on the field. It's not that hard. SD says that wasn't a complaint, by the way. Yes, you're just providing constructive criticism. Jerry World fucking <laughs> I'm the one that's complaining. That's okay. I get it. Oh, man. All right. All right. Thank this you, is- uh, unknown member of the Kellner family, for agreeing with the screen being awful at Jerry World. Wait, wait, what, is, what is this? Where are we at in society today where TV screens are now too big? This is a too too beautiful of a screen. It's too nice. I can't do this anymore. What are we doing? Sit at home and watch the game. Then, if you want to watch the game on the screen, leave. What am I supposed to say? Yes. Don't you know? Just just get a thirty-two inch TV. Don't call Tom McKay and AV Consultations to get the badass eighty-five inch. That might be too big for you. Just get the you know forget the flat screen. Just go with the box set. Just go with that instead, because that's not. Too big for you. Golly, what, what is going on here? There is such a thing as too big of a screen in your home, too. Like, there is, uh, there are scientific distances that you're supposed to sit at or sit away from the screen in order to truly appreciate the size of the screen. Like, if you have an 
hundred foot or a hundred inch screen, let's say. So hundred inches diagonal. You're not supposed mm-hmm. to be sitting five feet away from that screen. You're actually supposed to be sitting like 20 feet off of that screen. Cause otherwise mm-hmm. it's too much. You can't take everything in properly. Well, you're not five feet away from the jumbotron at AT&T. You know that, right? Yeah. But that screen is like, I don't, what, what is it? Like <laughs> a thousand inches across? Probably, probably bigger than that. Honestly. Let's see. Yeah. Uh, Here. I've never showed I've never shown this video. I've had this video just queued up for a while. I thought this was the funniest thing ever. It's from Thanksgiving. Some guy posted this from uh his grandma's house, I guess. This yeah. this this is the TV that that you want to be watching games on. I don't know who playing, bro. Tony Pollard, Pollard, Pollard. He's a man. He can do it anytime. <laughs> Oh, I love those televisions that are surrounded by woodwork. Yeah, those TVs fucking suck. I mean, she watched Tony Dorsett's rookie season on that screen, and now she's watching Tony Pollard play on that same television. And I also love the chant, Tony Pollard, Pollard, Pollard. He's the man. He can do it anytime. What a chant. That's what you want at AT AT&T. You want that tiny-ass screen. That TV weighs probably more than the Jumbotron does. At Jerry World. That's what you're looking for there, huh? The screen at Jerry World is 72 feet by 160 feet. Yeah. You should not be sitting as close to that screen as you are when you're even in that second deck, much less the third deck. Now, the third deck, I understand why you're watching that screen more than the action on the field. Shit, you can't even see half the field because the screen is so big. So you may as well be watching the screen itself. Oh man, I was in the third, the club level. So I guess there's four decks. The fourth deck, the 400s are the upper deck seats. I was in the 300s. I I could see just fine. And it was nice having that screen for replays. It's very good. Watching the screen most of the time. No action was happening. No way. I want the all 44. Actually, it's all 150 look that I get from up there because I see the whole sidelines and the training staff and everybody who's there. The all 164. Yeah, that's it. That's what I got up there. Mm. Oh, man. All right. I don't know what that number is. I'm not doing that, Matt. That's bullshit. That's too much. That is too much. Okay, we've got about seven minutes left before we hand things off to Chip and Zay. Of course, Longhorn uh, Misfits. Misfits? I don't know what that is. Misfits with Trey and KD is coming up from 3 to 5 this afternoon. So keep it locked into Texas Sports Unfiltered. All day long. We've got where are we at though, Trey? You want to go live spot today or recorded? No, let's go live with Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers. That's right. The company that you need to call to take care of your pest problems in your home or place of business. Our guy Steve, uh, we love Steve, aka Cooter. He started Pest Wranglers back in 2006. Since then, they have done an exceptional job of not just taking care of those pests, but providing awesome customer service. How do I know? Because they have so many five-star ratings and reviews through Google, Yelp, and elsewhere. Steve values relationships. He values people. He makes sure to treat his employees correctly. That way, they pass on that service to you, the customer. Find out for yourself. Go to pestwranglers.com to grab more info and also to snag how to get in touch with Pest Wranglers, who is a proud sponsor of. Where are we at in society today? 
right, it is your daily look at stories that show we as a people are headed in the wrong direction. Very occasionally, I will bring you a story that provides a sense of optimism. As it's all saying to ourselves, hey, maybe we as a people are starting to figure something out. And I don't know what today holds because I am still giving BK the option of deciding which headline we're going with today. And I will remind you people of those headlines right now because one of these stories actually does suggest that we're going in the right direction as a people. So the headlines, once again, BK, exercise may not be the key to living longer. It might even be aging you faster. Second headline, woman who assaulted Chipotle worker sentenced to fast food job for two months. Third headline, I have frozen my penis, says Swedish cross-country skier after racing in icy temperatures. Door number three, my lord. Door number three it is. I have frozen my penis, says Swedish cross-country skier after racing in icy temperatures. The cross-country skier's name, I'm just taking a guess here. He is Swedish after all, so I have no clue what some of these consonants running together, how that pronunciation is supposed to go. But Cali Havarsson experienced an unusual but not unheard of consequence of competing in icy temperatures in Finland over the weekend after taking part in a 20-kilometer World Cup event. English. I don't know what that means. Mm, 25 mile World right. Cup event in Ruka. That's a total guess by me. I don't know what the conversion does there. I don't know which direction that goes. Half Varson said that he had to take shelter in the warmth after sustaining a frozen penis. According to Reuters, Temperatures dropped to a chilly minus, no wait, minus 15 degrees Celsius. We don't do Celsius here. To a chilly five degrees Fahrenheit. Ah, you communist over here. <laughs> At the start of the race. <laughs> Quote, I have frozen my penis for real. Have Varson told Swedish outlet Expressen. Damn, I had to lie in there, the athlete's tent, for 10 minutes to warm it up. It hurts so damn much. It's... Terrible. Boy, mm. Hopefully he doesn't have frostbite. Half Varson has suffered the same injury before, according what? to this news outlet. But thankfully, the 34-year-old was able to see the funny side this time around, adding, quote, it's lucky that I'm about to have my second child because it's going to be difficult in the future if I'm going to continue like this. Yeah, how does that work? Like, I guess you said he's frozen it twice. And you know yeah. what they say? You can't refreeze meat more than twice. So maybe that applies here. Oh, boy. Well, if you do it a second time, then the meat is bad. It's completely bad. So hopefully for him. Yeah, that's that's the vasectomy right there, right? Like, remember remember the uh, the one of the storylines from the movie? Uh, what was the movie? The Adam Sandler movie, Mr. Deeds. Yeah. Where his foot got frostbite. Yeah. And it turns black and hard. Hmm. How do you prevent this? Like, if you're a skier and you're participating in an event like this, where you're going to be outside in frigid temps for a long time, and you can't avoid that, they have, like, mittens for that area? 
Is that a business idea for us right there? I think that we need Texas sports unfiltered penis gloves. Is that what we call them? That I was going to say dick mittens, but you know, penis gloves, I guess, works too. Penis sleeves <laughs> with the Texas sports unfiltered logo on them. Just put like a sock over that. Like that's not going to be enough warmth. I mean, a small sock. Red hot chili pepper. It just depends. I guess all different sizes, right? Yeah. The Magnum sock and then the the micro sock. Those are the uh, those are the the extreme ends. With most of us hopefully falling in that gray area in the middle. I'm just gonna bring like a giant sock with me everywhere I go, just to just to show people what I've got. This is in case it gets cold. I got to protect my third leg. Just uh. Look at how big this sock is, too, would you? Cross-country skiers normally compete in skin-tight racing suits yeah. with thin underlayers, which leaves them susceptible to chilly extremities. At the 2022 Winter Olympics in Beijing, Finland's Remy Lindholm suffered from a frozen penis and needed to apply a heat pack to the affected area at the end of the 50-kilometer... 60 mile race Lindholm like Havarsen had also previously experienced a frozen penis while competing in Ruka asked by Expressen if he could describe the sensation Havarsen said no those who know they know but here's a tip for me we don't need your tip Havarsen but anyhow here's his tip stay away from it because it is the worst thing you can experience yeah. I would actually like to argue BK Chilly Willie, there you go. I would yeah, like to argue cartoon. that there is something worse than frozen penis for a, a man to have to go through down there. Okay. How about melted penis? <laughs> At least frozen penis dethaws. Melted penis ain't coming back, man. Do you know anybody who's dealt with that issue before? Apparently, uh, Bucky has a story from back in his BC days where uh, where he melted part of his penis off. But that's a lot like, I mean, think about candle wax. When that candle wax melts, I mean, it recongeals, but it's not the same form that it was previously. So if you melt your penis off, that mm. is much worse than frozen penis, which does, assuming that you don't suffer that Mr. Deeds level frostbite to where it hardens and blackens up then uh you will get to use it again at some point you melt your penis off i mean you're dealing with less penis going forward yeah or known penis going forward or no so what do you go heating pad you said a hot pad that's what the guy used yeah okay god dude that is get the olympic torch down there to help out that thing's on fire use that to warm it up no i wonder if you don't have access to a heat pad if you need to go like old school, mm, I'm immediately regretting this before it comes out of my mouth as I am that. Exactly. The old Boy Scout method where you're trying to start a fire with a stick and you got the stick down on a rock and you're just doing the. <laughs> you think that works? Back and forth to get that spark. Yeah. A lot of Boy Scouts have uh, had their scout masters do that. Oh. Not just for them, but also with them, according to rumors. <laughs> oh man the sandusky was a scout master back in the day well there were a lot of sanduskies back in the 1970s this is a very uh, weird time 
the amount of pedophilia that was just kind of accepted. It's like, oh, let's, let's not talk about that. Yeah, is it happening? Sure, we all have that creepy uncle, but we don't need to talk too much about it because it may make it worse. God, I've never been skiing or snowboarding. Now I don't think I have any interest in doing that after hearing this story. Although I don't, I don't know how much this has to do with the skiing or snowboarding. I feel like it was just this guy being outside in negative Celsius, whatever the hell that means. Oh, okay. So SD has an interesting thought here on the melted penis. Maybe it remolds into something cooler, like a cool sword or a gun. <laughs> or maybe you get two holes to uh, to do your business out of at that point. <laughs> you said it, it could turn black. Does that mean it adds some extra length to it? I girth. Perhaps. I, I don't know. I'm just thinking of that Adam Sandler movie, Mr. Deeds, where he yeah. suffered frostbite on his foot and the foot got hard and black. Mm. I believe that was based on a true story, too, wasn't it? Well, I think that really can happen if you suffer extreme frostbite and you don't have mm -hmm. the appendage removed. Goodness. I'm glad we chose that story today. I guess we'll have the other two later this week, but uh, my God, what a what a find by you, man. Goodness. Yeah. Interesting time to bring me on, fellas. It's with yeah. that, we welcome Isaiah Collier to the show. Zay, have you ever suffered a frozen penis before? No. Thank goodness. You know, I mean, I consider myself a kiki guy and all, but... Outdoors, mm, a little cold. Nah, it's not the time to be doing the nasty or getting freaky, you know? Yeah, I've always heard about uh, people using ice cubes down there when they're uh, getting it on. Like, maybe that works for women. That doesn't work for guys. It's not like you're uh, you're using ice to help anything out down there, otherwise ruining, uh, other than ruining the mood for dudes. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't do anything like that, man. I'm... You know, again, I consider myself a kinky brother, you know what I'm saying? But, nah, anything with the cold, I'm no Zion Williamson, you know? Mm. <laughs> what does that mean? Zion? Yeah. You ever heard Zion's freak stories? No. About the porn star that was blowing his ass up via social media this past year? Uh -oh. Trying to exploit him and... Oh, what's her name? I can't remember her name. Something David, like Monet Davis. Not Monet, not the Little League World Series pitcher. Not Momo. Not her. I think she's old enough now, but uh what did he blow out her sneaker or something? Ah, uh, catchy. Um done. <laughs> no, she just apparently had a relationship with him and Zion just quit talking to her and ghosted her and she got in her feelings and started putting their business out on social media and oh, Mariah yeah. Mills. Mariah, see, I was close. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, I'm Monet oh. Davis. Yeah, about the same. <laughs> Chip, what up, man? What's up, fellas? What we eat today? Yeah, what's lunch? <laughs> Hot pocket, baby. Hot, Hot pocket. pocket. What are you, 13? Yes. <laughs> Yo, I feel you, Chip. Yo, you going with the OG sausage and pepperoni or? Mozzarella and meatballs. Yeah, man. Uh, meatball was good. Philly cheesesteak was good. The pepperoni pizza was good. 
Pat Trey had a lot of hot pockets back in the early nineties. Yo, with the air fryer out, don't sleep on the hot pocket now. That's that might be game changing. Even I don't eat hot hot pocket. You could never do it in the microwave because it never got cooked evenly. You would have to do it in the oven, but that took forever. Air fryer is like a combination of those two things. That's brilliant, eh? Oh man, hey. Just call me Gordon Black Ramsey, baby. <laughs> oh, Double G's got me worried now. <laughs> Black Ramsey. <laughs> this is why he has stomach problems. Oh. Don't. Yeah. You don't want stomach problems <laughs> or stomach <laughs> problems. Neither. Uh, I just realized I sent out y'all's show tweet last night at like 11.52, so I just sent out another one. So I God guess I forgot you. I forgot to hit schedule. I just posted it. So <laughs> shout out to everyone. God bless. All right, guys. We'll be locked in. Have a great uh, show. Thanks, Peace. Fellas. Good show.